Thanks for taking some time to listen to this message on the Elevate Church podcast. We believe that God will speak to you wherever you are. Now, let's prepare our hearts and hear what God has for us today. So uh, I'm excited, though, to be with you here today as we're in this series, the second week of Kingdom Culture. Again, if we've never met, my name is Will. I have the honor uh, to serve as our associate pastor here at Elevate and really just excited to share with you uh, out of God's word today in this series. If you were with us last week, or maybe even if you weren't with us last week, uh, maybe you listened online or whatever it may be, uh, we're in this series called Kingdom Culture. Last week, Pastor Colby talked about um, uh, four values. One of those values is being selfless. Another one was uh, to, be sur- to surrender. Another one was choosing joy. Did anybody choose joy this week? Okay, three, four-ish. She wasn't really sure if she chose joy. A couple people chose joy this week. Hopefully more of you did that and you just want to participate later. Um, and then we also talked about honor. We talked about honor last week as, as well. And those four values really kind of shaping this series, shaping what, what we're doing. And this idea of kingdom culture is really... Uh, what is culture, right? And Pastor Colby taught us this last week as well, that culture is created uh, by our behaviors. And those behaviors are actually shaped by our values. So I have values for something, which is going to, now I'm gonna behave a certain way because of those values. And over a period of time, that's going to be the culture now that I live in, right? This is where we get the phrase, this is just what we do. Like, this is my family, this is just what we do. Like, we do this every Thanksgiving. We do this every whatever. Like, this is just what we do. As a church, we have that as well. Like, it's not really a surprise for us. It's not really like this, like, I mean, it's amazing, but it's not really, like, out of the ordinary for us to have 2,500 pairs of winter boots that we're giving an entire school. Like, why? Because this is just what we do. That's the culture that we create because of the behaviors that we've done, mainly because of the values we stand on, that we live and give generously, that we see a need and we fill a need. That's the kind of church, if you're joining us for the first time, you click the link, you're here in the room that you walked into today, that believes so hard, uh, so much to our heart about living and giving and being a generous uh, city, that we are blessed to be a blessing. In Philippians 1.27, this is our foundational verse for uh, this series. And we're going to talk about this today as well. It says this, whatever happens, meaning doesn't matter the circumstance, doesn't matter the situation, doesn't matter what's ahead, what's behind, what's to your left or right. It says whatever happens. So whatever is going to happen, now he's telling us what, what do we do. It says conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ, Then, whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in the one spirit, striving together as one for the faith of the gospel. This Greek word, conduct, like this Greek word that's translated for us called conduct, uh, literally means, like Paul is telling us, I need you to live as a citizen. A citizen of heaven. He's talking about uh, living your, or conducting yourselves in the manner worthy of the gospel. To, I need you to be a good patriot for the kingdom. That's what Paul's instructing us here. And here's some other things that happen here. He says, whether I see or whether I hear. Meaning, by the way, your actions will be, there's going to be an accountability to that. Whether I see it or whether I just hear it, like people are going to know what you are, are holding on to. I want you to be unified. 
And not just unity for unity's sake. This is unity for the sake of what? For the faith of the gospel, to advance the gospel. Here's the big idea in our time together is this, that kingdom culture is a culture of honoring what God has given us and using it to advance the kingdom. Honoring what God has given us and using it to advance the kingdom. What is the kingdom? How do we know what the kingdom is? Jesus tells us this. He's having this dialogue towards the end of his life uh, on earth and his earthly ministry. He's having this dialogue like really just, just before the cross. And he's having this dialogue with Pilate who has him on trial. And he's back and forth, like, are you the king of the Jews and, and, and whatnot? And we see this in verse 36 is that Jesus responds. This is kind of like Jesus, a piece of his mission statement here. And John 18, verse 36 says this, Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. And so the kingdom culture that we are talking about is not of this world. The kingdom of Jesus is not of this world. He says it very clearly. He says, if it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders. But now my kingdom is from another place. Let me pause right there. Last week, Pastor Colby talked about this, that the kingdom of God is not a democracy, that we are privileged for those of us that are here in the United States of America to live in a democracy, that we can stand for stuff, we can vote for things, we can protest, we can, we can do all these things, we can stand on this stuff, right? But the kingdom of God is not that. We can't vote out the king. It, the king is Jesus. I think a lot of us, we want to say, yes, your kingdom come, your kingdom come, but then we reject the king and his values. We can't do that as citizens of heaven. So he's like, my kingdom is not of this world. And in verse 37 it says, you are king then, said Pilate. And Jesus answers this. He says, you say that I'm a king. In fact, the reason I was born and came into this world is to testify to the truth. And everyone on the side of the truth listens to me. Jesus is like, hey, my kingdom is different. And if you listen to me, you're going to be on the truth side. Like everything is going to be okay. Let's not be people who ask for the kingdom, but reject the king. Let's be people who say, yeah, your kingdom come and I'm going to live. I'm going to conduct myself in that way. Whatever happens, I'm going to stand on that. Jesus came to give us life and life to the fullest. So this kingdom culture is a culture of honoring, honoring what God has given us. Let's talk about honor really quick. Honor, what does what? It values, it appreciates, it respects. I honor you with my time, so I'm valuing my time with you. I, I respect my time together. The other side of that is dishonor. I don't value our time together. I don't respect you. I, I treat things even as ordinary or as as common. When you treat things as ordinary or common, you don't really honor the value that's been created there. This is a value that I want to give you today. I need us to know what honor is, but if kingdom culture is a culture of honoring what we've been given, here's another way that we can talk about this today. And then what we're going to dive into is this, it's stewardship. I need you to write that down. Stewardship. Now here's the deal. I, I say stewardship and some people are like, oh, here we go. Here's the money talk, right? I mean, that's like church culture. Like, be good stewards of your money. But the reality is, this is what stewardship is. It's conducting and supervising or managing of something. It doesn't just say money, although money is what? Something. But it says, especially the careful and responsible management of something entrusted to one's care. I borrow your car. 
I'm a good steward if I don't wreck it, right? If I top it off with gas, if I clean the windows, right? Like you do something, like you, you give me something, I'm a good steward if I return it back to you with the honor. I value what you've given me. You've entrusted it to my care. I do something great with, like that's what being a good steward is. Here's what we need to know. So the Bible tells us that everything we have is a gift from God. And James 1.17 says this, every good and perfect gift is from above, which means every good and perfect gift is from above. Coming down from the father of the heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. So everything that we have is a gift from God. And we are to be good stewards of what has been given to us. Kingdom culture is a culture that honors what's been given and using it to advance the kingdom. We've been given time, we've been given treasures, we've been given talents. Stewardship, how are we stewarding those? Like when I travel, like I go to a hotel, right? Just last week I was at my brother-in-law and now sister-in-law's wedding, right? So we go to the hotel, I crank the AC down like to 60. Come on somebody, because I need to be nice and cool in there, right? We got the lights going, or going, they're just on. The lights are on, right? I'm in the, I've set my stuff down. I've got a six month old, right? So I'm making sure she's good, but really Kelsey's making sure she's good because who knows what I'm doing, right? But then we leave and I just leave the air conditioning cranking at 60. I leave the lights on. I'm actually not being a good steward of the thing that was entrusted. They entrusted me that room and I have it just blowing all the resources. Right, everything we have, was the air conditioning, is that a gift for me in that moment? Come on, somebody, you better believe it. I'm not using that gift, though. I'm dishonoring it by just saying, oh yeah, we're gonna crank it. Those resources are my resources, come on. Right, that's, we need to honor what's been given to us. That's just a simple example, but there's many ways that we can talk about this. I wanna share with you a story out of that Jesus taught. Now Jesus, uh, as he's teaching, he teaches um, some direct teaching of just like, here, this is exactly what it is. But then he also gives us some things in what's called parables. Parables are, are stories. They were like kind of cultural stories that the people that he was teaching would understand. In our context here, we would say like, yeah, this is like a movie, right? There's a different meaning behind the movie. There's a different meaning behind the, the song. It's kind of this modern day parable for us. And so Jesus, towards the end of his life, he's talking about uh, the kingdom of heaven. He's, he's sharing these different parables uh, and just kind of really, I'm going to share with you this way. And then and he's like, the kingdom of heaven's like this, but he's not contradicting himself. He's telling all these different audiences because he knows one of these stories is going to hit. And so I'm going to share with you this parable. It's a parable of the bags of gold. Maybe you've read this before. It's in Matthew chapter 25, but starting in verse 14, you probably have that little header there. That says the parable of the bags of gold. This is Jesus. He's teaching about the kingdom of heaven. So I'm gonna read this whole story and then we're gonna kind of pick it apart today with our time together. It says this, again, it would be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one, he gave five bags of gold, to another, two bags, and to another, one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey, and the man who re had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. So also, the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, 
dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled the counts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you've entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. In verse 21, his master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things and I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. The man who uh, with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you've entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. Two different people, similar outcomes, but the exact same statement back to them. Let's look at the third guy. It says, the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown, gathering where you've not scattered seeds. So I was afraid and I went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here's what belongs to you. Verse 26, the master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and you gather where I have not scattered seeds. Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. Anybody get interest at the bank right now? Nobody? If you do, will at elevatechurch.com is my email. Let me know. Last verse, verse 28 says, so take the bag of gold from him, give it to the one who has 10 bags. How do we live for the kingdom when we are also living in the world? This story that Jesus is teaching and we get a chance to read, it describes so many different things. But here's what I wanna focus our time and our attention on, that if we wanna live for the kingdom, like if kingdom culture is a culture that honors what's been given and we use it to advance the kingdom, no matter the situation, circumstance, or the chance. Here's the first thing I need you to know and need you to write down is this, is you need to have a heart for the kingdom. Have a heart for the kingdom. It's no coincidence that in the New Testament, Paul, he's writing, he's like, I need you to fix your eyes on things above. I need you to set your heart, set your spirit on the things of the kingdom of God. Like, don't be so focused on the worldly things. I need you to focus in on who God is. Look, the world wants us to store, to hold on to, to make our name great, to have the little blue check on Instagram. Like, the world wants us to raise up our status. But the kingdom of God's like, no, 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 I need you to raise up the status of who Jesus is. It's the name above every other name. So don't try to beat that. It's hard to get through this life if we aren't constantly thinking about heaven and how we can redeem the things and our experiences for heaven. So how do we check where our heart is? Like if you're like, hey, how do I know well, if I have a heart for the kingdom, how do I know if I have a heart for the kingdom? Here's two quick examples or, or ways you can do it. Is this, check your calendar. Check your calendar. Are the things that you're like, yes, this is really important to my life. This is the value I wanna hold on to. Family is valuable for me. You check your calendar because that's going to show you the behaviors that you have. If you're working 100 plus hours a week and you're with your family for 20, I don't know that you value that time. Check your heart. 
Your heart will determine that. What else or your calendar will determine what you uh, believe for your time with your values. Another thing you can check is your bank statement. I was a banker prior to this, worked in investment banking, right? People come up to me, right? And the people who are always like, oh, I'm really good at saving, right? Are like the ones that aren't really good at saving, right? Because like we like to boast about ourselves. But he's like, yeah, I'm really good at saving. I got this, got that, got that. And I sit down, I'm like, awesome. Well, let me pull up your statement. We pull up a statement. It's just like, swipe at this place and swipe at that place and swipe at that place. And like, here comes the paycheck and then it's all gone. I'm like, your, your bank statement is showing me that you like to spend, not save. So we can check where our heart is by looking at our calendar. We can check where our heart is by looking at our bank statement. You know what's valuable. And you can even put a timestamp on when you are at those places and you can see what's actually going on. Matthew 6, 19 tells us this, to not store up treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy, but where thieves break in and steal. But in verse 20, it says this, don't, or, but store up yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal. Verse 21, where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. There your heart will also be. Your heart is either in this world or it's a heart for the kingdom. As we look at our calendar, as we look at our bank statement, as we look at those things, we can see where our heart is placed. It's one thing to know where it is, but it's another thing to do something with what we know. And so where is our heart? Do we have a heart for the kingdom? What is most important in your life? Those values, whatever it is, are the other things, are the behaviors lining up with whatever you would answer that question to be? Are they lining up? Are the, the truths that we're standing for here on a Sunday are they the same truths that we're standing for on Monday or on Tuesday or Friday night? Are they the same truths that we're holding on to? It's good to know where we are. I love this quote from R.G. Letourneau. He is the one who invented the earth mover. Come on, somebody, some earth movers, some bulldozers. No construction guys here today. Says this, they say you can't take it with you, but I say you can send it on ahead and have it waiting to your credit when you get there. I love that. Like we've all been to funerals, right? There's no like U-Haul, all the stuff, like they're getting ready to throw it in before the casket. No, 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 it's like you got a, a fake suit and that's it. You can't take it with you, but as RG says, and I love this because it says kingdom heart, is that you can have it waiting to your credit when you get there. And the answer to there depends on what you do with Jesus. There is either in heaven, you can have it credit to you there, or there is in hell, and you can have it credit to you there. And the reality is we're living in both of those spaces even right now. A lot of us know we can bring heaven into our lives when we wake up but we also can bring hell into our lives when we wake up too, depending on the behaviors and the values that we sit on. And so we need to be honest about this. This is difficult. Having a kingdom, like a heart for the kingdom can be difficult because like it's, it's not difficult. What I've discovered at least it's not difficult because it's like uncommon. 
it's difficult because at least for me is I don't yield myself to the scripture. Jesus said, those who are with the truth are on my side, right? So every single time that I go against what God's word says, and I've tested this, okay? Every single time, guess what? God's word is still true, and I made the mistake. And the same way is true is that where I'm like, yes, God's, your, your word says this, so I'm going to believe it, and I'm gonna stand for that. Guess what? Every single time, it's still true. We have to yield ourselves to the scripture and it can be uncomfortable, but that's the reality is it's countercultural to the world that we live in, right? We can feel this even as we talk today that the reality is that we wake up and we play a game of who is going to get my worship today. And a lot of times we wake up and we're like self-worship. Sounds awesome. Worship my needs, worship my desires, and I think that the, the, the enemy just has to be sitting there thinking, I don't even have to touch that person today because they're so focused in on themselves, their heart's not for the kingdom. I don't have to, to touch that today, but Matthew 6, just a few verses down tells us to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. The kingdom will come, his righteousness will come. We need to have a heart for the kingdom. Do you know it's actually harder to live a life that's 75% towards the kingdom than it is 100%. Because you walk in, you enter into these situations, these conversations, you're like, yeah, yeah, I'm a pretty generous person like 75% of the time. But then you enter into this moment, this situation, you kind of think to yourself, well, I was just nice 25 minutes ago. Do I need to be nice this time? Like, how does that add up, right? But if I have a heart for the kingdom and I'm like, yeah, you know what? This is just who I am. This is my culture. I step into that moment and it doesn't matter what happens. I'm 100% there. It's harder to try to live the 75, even 99% of the time there. We need to give it all 100% kingdom hearted. Bible says whatever happens. So it doesn't matter if you were nice five minutes ago. Let's do it right. The right thing to do is always the right thing to do. The second thing I need you to write down is, is this, is to be ready to move. We have to have a heart for the kingdom and we need to be ready to move. How many of us know that laziness and procrastination aren't getting us anywhere? Matthew 25, 16 says this, like the man, right? So back to the story, the man who'd received the five bags of gold, he waited until the temperature was just right. No, 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 it says he went at once and put his money to work. He was just like, cool, this is what's been happening. I'm gonna go and do something with it. The guy with two backs, same thing, he gained two more. He didn't wait for the perfect moment because I don't know about you, but at least for me, when I wait for the perfect moment, I miss it. But when I start moving, the perfect moment finds me. Every single, every single time. Let me explain to you this way. So every gift that we have is a gift from God. Right, like we, we, we've, we've set that up, James 1, 17, every, every good and perfect gift, right? So we've got this, this gift and this, this bucket represents, let's just say it represents my life. This is everything, like these are my gifts, right? So I've got like time with, with family, okay? Maybe like this is what's been given to me. It's a gift. Family's a gift, are my, vow, like, are my behaviors lining up with that? But what about like dinner time, right? That's another gift. It's another gift that's been given 
to us is that am I eating dinner and I got my phone next to me and I'm like scrolling up, right? Like I don't have, my, my, my behaviors are different than maybe the values that are there as well. What are some other gifts that we have? Golf, come on somebody, upside down. Love that guy. Golf, and you're like, well, all right, I got you spending time with family. That, you know, of course, that's a gift. What do you mean golf's a gift? Golf can be a gift because you can get together with some people. You can have great conversation. You can call people up. You can call people out. You can live together. You can do life together. And if you don't think golf's a gift, we have a golf small group. Tell me when you go to that golf small group, the guys that are in it, that they're not just around some other people speaking life and just having great, that's a gift that we have. The hobbies that we have, they're not bad. They're, they're great gifts that we have. This is the, all the blessings that God has given me are, are in here, right? So I've got money. It's a gift. This is a dollar. It's a gift. Come on, somebody. I like rarely carry my wallet, so we're in church together. This is awesome. Right, but it's a gift, and I can use it to either honor God who's given it to me in the first place, or I can waste it away. And you're like, wait, I worked really hard for that money, Will. Yeah, but who gave you the ability to work hard in the first place? It's the one who created you. Here's a gift that actually uh, all the guys will like. Here's the deal. Ladies, I don't know if you know this. Maybe you do. But you can't actually pick one of these up without just like hitting it a couple times. All the fellas, you know what I'm talking about. You're like, yeah, just like, oh, Will's coming. You know, like, you're like, you're 500 yards away from your pro. Doesn't matter. I'm just making sure it still works. Right? But the, our hands, our work, it's a gift. Maybe use a power tool, maybe use a mouse. It doesn't matter. It's a gift from God. Here's, a, here's a, a gift that every single one of us have. It's the word of God. If dishonoring calls things common or ordinary, can I tell you we need to really honor this? Like, it's not just this common thing that the Holy Spirit breathed words through people written down, preserved for us to be able to read today. We can't treat this as common. It might be the most sold book and stolen book in the world. It's still not common. This is divine language from the creator of the universe. And here's another thing in here, another gift. I got some praying hands. Come on, people. We have an opportunity, it's a gift, to be able to drop down on some knees and to communicate with the one who created us. That is a gift from God. That's a gift for us to be able to use to advance the, the kingdom. So we've got this, this bucket of gifts, right? What's the hardest part about this? We're like, wow, God, you've given me so much. Like, thank you so much for all that you've given me. And yeah, we can cheer when the power tool goes off. We can do all that kind of stuff. But you know what happens is we leave church on Sunday and we, we get on social media. Uh-oh. And we're like, God, thank you so much for these gifts and I can cheer you on. But God, that dude's got a bigger bucket than me. 
And I like the vacation they went on. And I'm at home eating ramen noodles, but that person's out at the nice restaurant eating steak. And so what happens is, here's the thing I need you to write down, is we need to fight comparison. We can sit here with our abilities and get so fired up at church and it's so amazing. And I'm like, wow, church, this is so great. And then we get on social media, we see what somebody else did. We hear about a vacation and we're like, wait a minute, they went to that football game? You know what I mean? That person's got that brains. Thank you, Lee Com. I don't even know how to use these. Right? And we start comparing. But what happened, right, in the scripture? We can pull this back up on the screen. What happened in the scripture? The guy with five bags and the guy with two bags, what did they do? They just went at once. The guy with five bags could have been like, God, you've given me, or Master, you've given me way too much. I like what the guy had. He had two bags. And the other side is the guy with two bags could have been like, well, why didn't you give me more? I only have two. I, I, I want, like, that guy got five? You know what I mean? And it's just like comparison could have, have happened, but what they both did is they had a heart for the kingdom and they were ready to move. And they fought against the comparison to say that my, what's been given to me according to my ability. We are highly capable for the things that we are, have, have given to us according to our ability. And we need to sit here in this spot and say, God, you've given me this. And guess what? I'm going to be faithful with this. Here's a question that you can ask yourself. It's a question I ask myself is where am I comparing when I should be faithful? Where am I comparing when I should be faithful? Do I care really what's going on at a church in Toledo or a church in Pittsburgh or Virginia or Miami, right? Like they're doing like ocean baptisms, right? And we're like, we've got water from a sink, you know? It's like, am I comparing, right? Or am I faithful with what God has given me? Saying that this is the place that I've been called to. This is what's been given to me according to my ability. I'm gonna be faithful with what I have. Here's the next thing I need you to write. I'm not gonna preach the rest of the message from my catcher position here, but I'm just right here right now. It's good. Sorry, podcast. The next thing we need to look at and to go against, I need you to write this down, is to fight fear. We need to have a heart for the kingdom. We need to be ready to move. We also need to fight fear. We need to fight our ability to compare. Right, what did the guy with one bag do? He, he got the bag, right? Same situation, same circumstances as the guy with the five and the two. Same, like, all we know is that they were literally, like, the three of them sitting together, hanging out. Master shows up. They're like, yes, master, right? And he's like, here's five bags. Here's two bags. Here's one bag. I'll see you later. The guy with the one, what happened? He got afraid. Matthew 25, 25. He says, so I was afraid. And I went out and hid. I hid your gold. But hey, I, I dug it back up because now you're here. When you're afraid, you hide. You hide all the things that God has given you. Complacency happens because we get stuck. We stay in neutral because we're hiding the things that God has, has given us. We're not looking to advance and, and do something. And, and, and make no mistake about it, the guys with the five and the two, I can't imagine that they were uh, like, boy, I'm going to go do this and I have to have five bags back and I'm going to multiply this a complete double. No, they were just content with what they were given. 
but they were still doing something with it regardless of the outcome. Nowhere in the scripture does it tell us that, it, that the master said, if you multiply this, you can enjoy my happiness. What they did is they just went and did it and the scripture says, come join my happiness. Contentment says, I'm going to do the right thing at the right time for the right reason, regardless of outcome, regardless of what, what happens. Can I tell you something? My personal faith rises up every single time that I decide to trust God, even when I can't track the blessing. Every single time my faith just rises up a little bit more when I'm just like, God, your word tells me I will be blessed, so I will be blessed. I don't have to track it. I don't need to be like, well, God, if $100,000 comes to my bank account tomorrow, I'm gonna be blessed. No, the Bible tells me I will be blessed. So I'm just gonna sit on that promise. I'm gonna do something with the promise. I'm not gonna sit and be stagnant. Like, think about it this way. If you fill this bucket up with water and you fill it up, and you set it down. Eventually what's gonna happen? Bacteria grows, mosquitoes are going towards it, bugs, all this other nasty stuff, right? Like stuff will actually grow in there. Stuff that, 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 that is disgusting and it's not good, right? Because it's stagnant. But when it gets poured out, what happens? It's able to bring bring life, right? Like a bucket by itself is no good, but a bucket that goes down a pipe, this right here transfers, right? You can transfer when you receive something and you give something. A life poured out is a life that's lived on purpose and for a purpose. Here's another way. I'll just keep giving you all these awesome ways. About four years ago, actually almost to the day, I had an opportunity to go to Israel. Uh, my wife, Kelsey, and I went to Israel on a trip. It was really cool. And we went, and you're traveling around, and you see the Sea of Galilee, right? It's in Scripture. We see Jesus, like, they're all around there. But if you look at the Sea of Galilee, it's just like this beautiful, beautiful place. Trees and light. Like, it just, you look at it, and you're like, man, that just looks, of course Jesus would do ministry there, right? Like, it's beautiful. There's, like, hundreds of fish, like, species of fish there. Like, it's amazing. But the Sea of Galilee gets fed by the Jordan River. And so the Jordan River flows through it, right? This pole represents the Jordan River. And it flows in and through the Sea of Galilee. And there's so much life. But then the Sea of Galilee is pouring out, like, what it's receiving, it's pouring out down the Jordan River. The Jordan River keeps going, keeps going, kind of fills in some of this. And it's the main water source to what? The lowest point on earth the Dead Sea. And so the Dead Sea is receiving something that comes from life down the Jordan to itself. And it's receiving and it's receiving and it's receiving, but it's the Dead Sea because nothing lives there and it doesn't pour itself back out. It's only receiving. It's actually said that any fish that make its way down the Jordan, by the time it gets to the Dead Sea, within just a few moments, they die. There's just bacteria there. It's just stagnant, like just this, you can kind of float and it's kind of cool, but there's no life there. 
because it's not pouring itself out. Don't miss this. A life that is, is filled with purpose and honors God with what he has given us doesn't just receive. It receives, says thank you, and pours out. It pours it out. So the Sea of Galilee, life. How can the same body of water lead to death? Lead to something that's so, so empty. It's because it just sits there and does nothing with what's been given. Kingdom culture is a culture that honors what God has given us and uses it to advance the kingdom. Kingdom culture is when you have your heart set on the things above. Saying, God, you've given me this. Check out what I'm going to do. It's, it's like, God, oh, thank you so much for, for the money, right? And I hear about the offer. Like, you know what, God? I know I just got that $200 raise. Check this out. I'm gonna be faithful with what you have given me. I'm gonna pour it back out onto other people. Life happens as we pour out what's been given to us for the life of others. And so in this time together, like, the ability to enjoy these gifts from God. Like I love playing golf, but playing golf by myself is only fun for so long. I wanna enjoy that with other people. Like eating dinner by myself is fun, but I wanna enjoy that with uh, the things that we have, our time, our treasures and our talents are much better because we enjoy it and we do something with it with other people. A kingdom culture is a culture that honors what God has given us and use it to advance the kingdom. We're gonna continue with worship. Would you stand with me? I wanna maybe bow your heads and close your eyes. We're in a moment right now where we have a real and a tangible opportunity to not just be on the receiving end of God's word, to not just be on the receiving end of something, but to now actually respond and to pour that back out in worship. Worship is a gift. Being able to sing together, to stand together, to be here together, to be online in your kitchen together, it's a gift that's been given to us. And so a natural response to that is to pour it back out. And where are we pouring it back out to? The heart of the Father. We're singing a song, reign above it all. And I just wonder in this moment if that is true of you today. Does he reign above it all? Maybe you wanna ask yourself the question, I would encourage you in this moment of worship, is Jesus one of many? Or is Jesus one and only? Is he one of many in your life? One of many gods that you've put in your life? Or is he the one and only God in your life? Maybe you wanna sit in this moment and think like, wow, okay, are my values the culture that I'm living? Is that, are they, do they match up? And I'm just gonna ask that you would just respond to God and worship today. And that maybe for the first time, some of you realize where you've been and, and you realize that maybe 
kind of been living, trying to find purpose, trying to find meaning. But if you step back and you look, you realize that your life has been kind of like the Dead Sea. Receiving, 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 dying. Not poured out. And so maybe in this moment of worship, as we just come before God with this gift that he has given us, you'd want to say, hey, do you know what? Today's the day. I don't want to just receive anymore, God. I want to live a life that's poured out. I want to live a life that's for something. The things that you've given me, God, I'm so grateful, but I want to do something with it. Maybe for the first time, you're even having this realization that you've never actually called Jesus Lord. Lord and Savior of your life. What does that mean? That you've, you've accepted his life, that you want to enter into this kingdom, not to reject the king, but to accept the king. That he lived this perfect, sinless life, that, that God literally poured out heaven by giving us Jesus to live this perfect and sinless life for us who died a criminal's death, but was risen again to new life for us so that we can be set free, we can be saved, that our past sins, our present sins, and our future sins are all paid for. And so we can join with him in heaven. Maybe in this moment of worship, you wanna enter into that relationship. The Bible tells us in Romans 10, 9 to confess that Jesus is Lord of our mouths and believe it in our hearts. What does that mean? That's saying, I want the kingdom and the king. I want you to be Lord over my life, not, not just part of it, not just by work, not just by money. I want you to be Lord over all of my life. Like everything you've given me, I'm giving back to you. And so if that's you and you're in this room, you're online, anywhere you can hear the sound of my voice, I wanna ask you to pray this prayer with me. And what this is doing is just inviting Jesus into your life. As we enter in this time of worship, you can say something as simple as this. Jesus, today, I give my life to you. I believe that you lived for me, that you died for me, that you're risen again to new life for me. Today, Jesus, I confess to you as Lord and Savior of my life, not part of it, but all of it. Again, today, I confess you as Lord and Savior. And from this point forward, Jesus, I turn from my ways and I turn and choose to follow you with all that I am. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks for checking out this week's message on the Elevate Church podcast. And we hope you really enjoyed it. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, congratulations. Welcome to the family. We would love to know about it. So please let us know by going to elevatechurch.com slash yes. There'll be some practical resources that will help you as you start this journey. If you want to support the mission and vision of Elevate Church to help people far from God reach their full potential in Christ, go to elevatechurch.com slash give. We'll see you soon. Have a great week.